Well, we've been talking about um, the Beatitudes, which is going through this powerful passage in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus, at the beginning of what's called his Sermon on the Mount, talks about these amazing things. And he starts saying these things, and it's so um, life-changing and transformative. Oh, there we go. It's working. Hopefully. Maybe. That God is actually giving us an idea of um, what really blessing is. And we've talked a little bit about the best blessing from God is for him to be in your life. And that right now in this world, God can be present through any difficult situation. Through any challenge in this world, God is there. Now, another part of this, the Beatitudes, as we've been talking about this, is that I believe that this isn't just an exhaustive list, but these are some ways to consider maybe God's purpose for our life. As you grow up, going through school and maybe college and afterwards and as you get older and all those things, I think there are constantly um, voices, messages that you're hearing. You know, when you're a kid, your parents tell you to grow up and be an astronaut, right? Uh, your parents tell you to do this, that. When you, everybody tells you to go to college, you get to college, they tell you to do this and do that, and then you change your major five times, and you're trying to figure out what's going on and how do I fit in, right? That I've got to change and adjust this way to fit in or to be uh, fit the stereotype of this world, Listen, if I wore some different stuff today, you guys maybe will be a little distracted, right? So these are all things that are part of our culture, and the culture seeps into us on how we should function in society, and that's okay. Unless it comes to the point where we stop asking the question, God, what do you desire? What do you desire of me, God? What do you want from me? And I believe that as a follower of Jesus, that what God wants for us can go even deeper than we think of our purposes of, like, okay, I have this job, or I've got this education, and my purpose is this. But rather to consider that maybe your purpose from God is something about who you're supposed to be. Uh, someone told me this, wise person told me, that before you get married, you're thinking about all the things, oh, you're going to get married, you're not going to have time to do this, and this and that, right? And that, oh man, it's better enjoy your life now, do all the things you can now, you're about to get married. Have you heard those things, right? But a wise person told me this is, you know, marriage may limit um, on a time thing, uh, on a schedule, what you can do, but it exponentially increases who you can become. Anybody married found that to be true? Yeah, in a lot of ways. That's kind of the heart what I'm talking about this morning in the past weeks is that God is calling you to become someone. And I believe your purpose is to become someone. Your purpose first isn't to do anything. Your purpose is to become something, and from that, you'll make your decisions on what to do. In this passage, Matthew 5, it's so powerful that Jesus is talking about some things we can do and become, but really this idea that God wants to make this a part of your purpose in life, to bring definition to your life. Now, why is that important? Because culture changes so fast. What they thought was cool 10 years ago isn't cool anymore, right? What they say this years ago isn't what it is now. Years ago, they said everybody's got to go to college. Now it's like, well, maybe you don't have to go to college. Maybe you just do it online and do this or that, right? I mean, it's constantly changing. And I believe in this constantly changing world and culture, you need some standards. And in God's word, you can find out who you're supposed to become. So much so that this, these verses we've been reading could actually become part of your purpose in life, that you're working on it, that it's not just about what you want to do in life or how, what your status is going to be in life or keeping up with the Joneses or whatever is on Facebook these days right? Don't you sometimes feel awful? You see people doing stuff on Facebook, man, why don't I do that? I'm an awful dad. <laughs> I'm an awful mom. I, I can't, what am I doing with my life, right? Right? But rather to say, God, your word says this, 
God, you're calling me to this. You're calling me to this. So today we're talking about blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Let's talk about being a peacemaker today. My real heart for you is that you would be thinking about making true peace, not your peace. That you would be about making and promoting and fighting for and being about true peace, not just your peace. Anybody feel like you're a peacemaker and you try to fix the situation or get people, just even take you out of the situation, get two people fighting at work, you try to work things out, you're always the peacemaker. Maybe you're the youngest in the family. I feel like those are oftentimes the peacemakers. The oldest cause of trouble. No, I'm just kidding. They have people say, oh, yeah, you're always trying to make peace. But my question this morning is, are you about making your peace or true peace from God? And that we want to make sure people are getting along and happy and we think that's peace, but that's your peace or in your mind, peace for you. But it's not true peace. Furthermore, have you ever found out in those moments that you're trying to be the good guy? You're trying to be the one getting people together and creating peace, but it's not very peaceful for you, is it? It isn't. You think that you'd get a pat on the shoulder for doing the right, pat on the back for doing the right thing, getting everybody to get along. But for some reason, that's not really peaceful for you, is it? This morning, I want to challenge you as we consider growing, as we consider changing, as we consider transforming, that you would make your life about true peace for others and not just your peace. What is peace? Here's some things to think about. Peace, that word, breaks down into this idea of joining, tying together into a whole. And I got a couple of scriptures for you there. So it's interesting, this idea of peace, because we think peace is about making people happy. Peace is about pacifying. Peace is about, about making people not have outward conflict. But in scripture, peace is something so much deeper. And that the deepest form of peace is between man and God. And that there's this deep peace that should drive our lives that comes between us and God. And the idea of peace in the New Testament is this joining together, a together, a tying together, this wholeness that comes only from God. That we could try to create wholeness in other ways with other people, but nobody can fill that void that God has for you in your life. In Scripture, we see that in Romans, that, uh, as, as Paul's talking about the gospel, he talks about this peace that comes through Jesus. That there was a separation, that there was, we were at odds, and God, through Jesus, provides peace. And this is what Jesus does. He brings this wholeness. He ties us together with God. That we are ultimately whole in Him, in the Colossians verse here. That He makes peace through the blood of His cross. That true peace is a wholeness that comes on the inside when you are connected to God. And that there will be always this unsettling inside. There'll always be this conflict inside, no matter how on the outside it seems pacified. That there's this true peace on the inside that comes from God. And that Jesus, since he's for you, worked out your peace. This peace that you can't do on your own. Um, some of you in this room don't like conflict. Anybody not like conflict? Right, right. You avoid that. I get it, I get it. Jesus didn't avoid the conflict. Isn't it interesting that his work through the cross wasn't very peaceful, was it? Think about that. That his work on the cross, the suffering that happened, it brought you peace 
It brought you true peace, and yet that wasn't a very peaceful situation. That was a, I don't even want to look at this, right? And yet it brought peace. That's why I want to challenge you this morning that maybe you are trying to make some peace that's actually your peace, but not true peace for people. Blessed are the peacemakers. These are the ones that are blessed. And they'll be called the children of God. There's a, a, a deepest level of ourselves that Jesus created this wholeness for. It's true peace. The word peacemaker breaks down into this idea of peace and true peace, that peace that Jesus died and fought for for you, that we would be a promoter of that peace, a founder, a promoter of that peace, that it declares God's terms to make someone whole. This is a great quote this morning I want to read to you and bringing these ideas together. The peacemaker is therefore one who seeks the peace of God, true peace through Jesus, the one that he provided. And as the Lord's disciple, his follower, as a student of him, that I am a preacher, I'm a woman who speaks for, or is a messenger of God's peace to others, that's a great definition of a true peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the ones that are promoting, that are about, that are trying to make it happen, that, that are making it come together, the wholeness for people in their hearts, that you're a messenger of this incredible great news. I think Paul writes somewhere, beautiful for those feet who those bring good news, right? Peacemaker, that you are a founder, a promoter of God's peace, the peace that Jesus died for, that kind of peace, not just the kind of peace that people aren't yelling at each other, all right? This morning, I want to challenge you a little bit in considering first and foremost that as we think about our life and what this verse could mean, that blessed are the peacemakers. Really, they're blessed? You guys know this. I just asked you the question. When you've been felt like you're a peacemaker, it doesn't feel very peaceful, does it? It doesn't feel very blessed. But in God's eyes, when we are promoting his peace, that God's in this, that this is a blessing from God, that he's there in this as you fight for peace, that our lives should be about fighting for peace. We fight for, we stand for God's peace, true peace. I have to ask you this morning, church, is that even on your radar? Yes, what's on our radar is getting along with the person we live with, whether it's a roommate or a spouse, kids, getting along with them. I got to get along with these people. I live with them. We've all had roommates like that. And I got to get along with these people at work. I got to go there every single day and, and, and deal with this. I, I got to make this, make people happy. I got to, uh, you know, make this workable. I got to bring these people together so there's not fighting or conflict. But here's the thing, that just because people aren't fighting with each other doesn't mean they have peace. And just, ple- just because at your workplace people aren't fighting with each other doesn't mean they have peace. They may have your peace or their peace, but they don't have true peace. This is a challenge, I know, that maybe you should be that person at your workplace to be really concerned about people's wholeness with God and that we understand that the root of people's problem isn't something on the outside, that the root of people's problem isn't you stole my lunch break, okay? You took long your lunch breaks, now I'm later, okay? That the root of people's problem isn't just, oh, you did this or that, but the root of people's problem is that they are searching for wholeness from something else in this world and not God. And they will always come up short. So could you be the person that's praying for people at your workplace to know true peace? 
You've been working on your piece. Okay, guys, let's get together. Let's compromise. Let's figure this out. I don't like all the yelling. No loud noises. But are you a true peacemaker? Are you concerned about what's going on in their hearts? Now, listen, if you're in a roommate situation or a marriage situation, I get it. The path of least resistance sometimes is the best path, (laughs) okay? I want to sleep tonight, so let's not discuss this before bed. Let's discuss this in the morning so we have all day to fight. Okay, I get it. The path, to le- to le- the path of least resistance sometimes is the, seems like the best. But all you're doing is putting off some more resistance later on. And so I'm asking you, husband and wife, to be a peacemaker in your home. To be a true peacemaker in your home. That just because nobody's fighting, you would consider that maybe there's still something wrong that we need to consider our, our, what's going on in the inside and what is wrecking us on the inside. That husband and wife, you'd be a part of leading your home and your family and your kids to consider the deeper thing with God. And that it's not just okay that we're not fighting and, and we're quiet and there's no drama at home, but rather to constantly consider, God, what's this going on inside of my heart? God, I need your peace. And that maybe the true pathway to true peace may have some resistance, just like Jesus' pathway to peace did. In the long run, it'll be better for you. In the long run, it'll better be be for your kids. If you're in a roommate situation right now, I get it. You don't want to talk about it. You don't need to talk about it. You feel like you want to avoid this or a work situation even. I don't want to get into this. But at some point, guys, if we are about true peace, then we are considering what's going on in our hearts and the war that's going on in our hearts and working on that which Jesus provided and paid for, all right? We also have to recognize that we have the best solution for peace. Now, you may be wondering why sometimes I yell in service or I get passionate about something. It's because there's these crazy things that go on in this world. Like, you know, someone mentioned this to me this morning, this attack that happened yesterday in New York. Uh, These things are constantly happening, you know, uh, most places around the world are war zones, and that's, it's right here on our doorstep. There's so much fear that that could cause, that we don't live in a safe place. But what I'm telling you this morning is that the real solution to that problem is people finding him, to have peace with God, to have the wholeness from God, that we have the best solution for peace. That's why we're working on this every Sunday. That's why I'm encouraging community groups and growth and learning. That's why I have my own spiritual growth plan that I work on that I'm trying to tackle. That's why I'm encouraging and leading you to do this. Because listen, this may happen far away, but listen, the problem is right here inside our hearts. When we start complaining about this person is so awful and that person, we, we lose sight of the fact that there's some stuff right here that God wants to work on. And I'm praying for you that you won't wreck your life. Me wreck my life. I'm pretty awesome. Okay. I'm praying for you, that you would seek God, that you would deal with the things on the inside, that you would be a true peacemaker in your family, that it's not just on the outside making everybody happy, but God, what's going on in the inside? What's true peace from you? What can we work on as a family? Because I'm praying for that for you right now, because you will go through life and face some tough things. Remember, we have the best solution for peace, and it comes from Jesus. It's so easy to get discouraging But we have to recognize that in this powerful verse that Jesus says, you know, blessed are the peacemakers because, you know, the true peacemakers because 
You know, they're going to be called the children of God. Do you recognize that Jesus is so much for you that he gave his life for you, that he gave his life for others? He's so much for you. This is what he's about. This is what he wants. And this is a part of his nature, true peace, true reconciliation. And so when this happens, when you're about this, that you'll be recognized as otherworldly in this world, that you'll be recognized truly as something heavenly. You hear me this morning? That you'll be recognized as very the children of God, the title of God. Now think about it. Aren't we sometimes for things about God that really aren't about God? Maybe what you're about, what you're working for, you may need to check that this morning and to consider, God, how am I working for people to be reconciled to you and to have true peace in their hearts? We are a people of God. We're not of our own. We're children of God. And this makes us bearers of true, true peace. For me, what this translates into, uh, this started when I was 16, when I first came to know the Lord. I wasn't raised in church, and um, nobody invited me to church. I was never invited to youth group or stuff like that. And so I just didn't know the message of the gospel. I just didn't know and uh, God did some miraculous stuff, and we connected with a local church. We were in a smaller town outside of Houston, about 4,000 people, and then the, uh, in the town, and, and um, the church we were at was probably about 200 people, maybe less, 150. And, then that, and we had visited there one day, and there was a visiting speaker, and he just called my dad out and said, I just want to pray for you. And we weren't raised in church, and this is just an incredible, powerful experience. And, you know, my dad kind of changed his life, and he started changing our family's life. And I remember he sat us down, and he said, you know, I probably should have told you this years ago, and I didn't, so I'll tell you now. And he shared with me, for the first time I've heard it, the gospel story. And the best way I can explain that to you is that there was something on the inside that was like relief for me. I had never felt that kind of relief in the things I struggled with in my life. And in that moment, I felt relief. I felt true peace, although nothing on the outside had changed in my life. Hearing that incredible message of his love, in his grace for me. And I began to desire, God, I want this for everybody on this planet. I want everybody on this planet that has dealt with the things I dealt with to experience this peace and relief. God, I want everybody on this planet to deal with, that have dealt with crazy things to feel what I just felt in this moment. I want people to hear this, to know this. I'll do what it takes to figure this out. And this is actually before I felt like God called me into ministry to be actually a minister at a church. So for a year, I began to do this in my school, and everybody I can meet, and again, this is before I wanted to be in ministry, and I wanted people to know true peace, because it was the one thing in my life where it all actually made sense, and the most relief I've ever felt in my life. From that moment forward, I became a peacemaker, not in the outward sense of getting people to get along and those type things, but to recognize the deepest need for people is right here on the inside in peace with God. So I began to be, become a peacemaker. I began to realize that was my purpose for life. Again, this is before I felt like I was going to work at a church one day like I am now. That I believed my purpose in life. At that time, I wanted to be a, a, a physician. At that time, I wanted to be a doctor. I was doing the med school thing and all that, and doing summer camps around that, and trying to get into med school and all those, those things. So I was recognize it. it doesn't matter what I may put my hand to for money for me to have a paycheck. It doesn't matter where I'm going to go to school. It doesn't matter where I'm going to live. I know that my purpose is to be a peacemaker, that this is what I've got to be about, 
that it may take time and money. It may take energy. It may, may take me making sacrifices and taking risks, but I want to be a peacemaker, God. Again, this is before I was called to ministry. Because I know the pain of sin, and I know the pain of not knowing him. And I know the incredible relief of peace, the incredible relief of the gospel story and his message. And that's why I became a peacemaker. And I want to tell you this morning, church, you may not do what I do every week and work the job that I work as a, as a pastor. But you are called to be a peacemaker. And you can fill your life with what, the, what everybody tells you to do. Do this and that. Make a lot of money so you have this and that. And, and do this and this. But in the deepest part of you, you'll find that sense of, man, this isn't meaningful. I don't know what's going on. That's God talking to you. You may find in these moments that, man, I've designed my life for what my parents told me to do. And that didn't work out. I wasn't happy. I designed my life what my boss told me to do. Dude, if you do this, this, and this, you're going to become a manager. You're going to become this and this. And it's going to be so great for you. And your life's going to fall apart. You are called to be a peacemaker. I know that's not on your resume, but God's called you to be a peacemaker. God's called you to care about people knowing him. God's called you to bring relief to people. God's called your feet to be beautiful, to bring some good news. This is your purpose, church. I'm talking to every single one of you in this room. I don't care what your vocation may be, whether if you work at a company or if you're a stay-at-home mom or if you're this or that. God's called you to be a peacemaker, first and foremost in your home, but God's called you to be a peacemaker. I guess I would ask some questions to get us thinking about this. Maybe it's not even on your radar. Maybe you've never prayed one prayer that someone at your, in your family or your school or your workplace with no peace, with no true peace. Maybe you've turned a blind eye to the pains of this world that they, they talk about and the pains of life. You've turned a blind eye or a deaf ear to. You may want to start considering, am I even a peacemaker of true peace? Do I even care about this? Or am I so busy with the other things of life and I get it? <laughs> the business, I get it, especially the season you're in. This is your purpose, church. What defines my life right now? Is this even a part of who I am? I'm telling you, this is your purpose, and this should become who you are. That you should be known for this, that I'm about God and true peace in people's life. I want people to be healed and relieved and set free. What defines my life right now? Let that list start flowing. Is a peacemaker even on that? True, God's true peace, caring about people to know him and have peace and relief that you get to experience today and some hope? Is that even on the radar this morning? I have these reflective questions almost every week because at some point I'm just talking. And at some point this is just information I'm sharing with you. And I can wow you with some things about scripture. But the power of this message is when you start asking these questions based on the truth in scripture and you ask God, What's my next step? God, what's my next step? What's my next step? Over the past 15, well, almost 20 years now following him, I've been disappointed by God. I've been disappointed by people. I've been disappointed, disappointed by work. I've been disappointed by this, this, and this. But I'll tell you, there's one thing over the course of this 20 years of following Jesus that I have not been disappointed with, and that is the power of him, of God, to change my life. That's the one thing, maybe not in my time frame, but I can look back over 20 years and recognize that God has transformed me and changed me, and that gives me hope today. And that's what gives me hope to tell you this, this morning. What's your next step? 
Maybe you need to pray. Maybe it's something you need to get alone with God and say, God, I've never thought about this in the world. And you said, blessed are the peacemakers, and they'll be called children of God. I'm your child, and this isn't even on my radar. Maybe it's for you to pray and ask the hard question, God, who can I pray for right now to know you? It may be a prayer thing. It may be a learning thing, like, hey, I'd like to learn a little bit more about this. How do I talk about this when people have this? How do I pray for people, encourage people? It may be you need to get involved more. Then maybe you never thought about serving. And in this next year, I'm going to give you a lot of opportunity to serve people. Not just serve here at the church. I know there's a lot of serving that goes on. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe that's your next step this morning. Blessed are the peacemakers. Are you making your peace? Is that what's about your life? Or are you making true peace, even if it's the path of most resistance? Our Lord, our teacher, our model is the one that went with the path of most resistance. Lord, I want to be a peacemaker, so I'll do some tough stuff if needed. Don't stand with me this morning, church, and I believe in the power of his word. And I'm asking you, what's your next step, church? What, what, what's your next step in hearing these powerful truths in this verse? Blessed are the peacemakers. They... Uh, because they'll be called the children of God. Have you ever prayed for someone to come to know him? Have you ever prayed for someone that they would experience the relief that you got to experience? Have you ever considered that your purpose is to be a peacemaker, no matter what your job title is, no matter what your season or status in life is, married, single, whatever it may be, okay, how old you are? You, you don't wait till you're 50 to start doing this. You don't, you, you don't wait till this perfect situation or you got more money or this or that. You, you, you're a peacemaker. And let me tell you something. Crazy things are happening in New York. Crazy things are happening in Syria. Crazy things are happening. You fill in the blank. But let me tell you something. God is there because there are peacemakers there and they will be called the children of God. So God is there. And my prayer is that in our community, in your workplace, in your family, that I can look at your dad and mom and say, peace is there because a peacemaker is there. God's there. So regardless of the difficulty that happens at work, that it gets difficult, or your family, and it's going to get tough in there, or these crazy things we hear about that happen in the news, maybe you're scared of who's, who gets elected in a couple months, okay? And that's some real fear there for you, whoever you follow or whatever. But I want to tell you, peace is here, God's here, and he's calling you, church. He's calling you. He's calling you. It may get bad in whatever nation or whatever city. It may get bad at your workplace, and it may get bad with these laws or rules or whatever it is. But I want to tell you this, is God's here, and God is in this community because I'm staring at the peacemakers. I'm staring at the very children of God. Father, right now, I know, Lord, that some people are thinking about this, that maybe they've never considered their purpose being a true peacemaker. Then maybe they thought about their purpose as this or that, but, but not this. And so, Lord, I'm praying for transformation today. I'm praying for our community to become peacemakers in this community. They would be peacemakers in our schools. We would be true peacemakers at our places of work, that men and women will lead their homes in a manner about true peace. Lord, they would teach their kids about reconciliation with you. That we would teach our kids and we would teach those that are connected to us, Lord, about your love and your incredible message of relief and, and grace. Lord, I pray that this morning. And God, help us, Lord, in these crazy things that happen in this world. 
the violence, God, the, the hate, the racial hate, the political hate that goes on, all these different things, the, the, the fight between the rich and the poor and the middle class right now, God. In the midst of all this, I want to believe today that, God, you're still here and that you've called some peacemakers in this church to start working on this. And so I pray right now in these moments of, okay, God, what is my next step? Lord, I pray you'd reveal that. I pray right now, Lord, for those that are thinking, maybe I should start praying for my friends to know you, to know your love, to know your incredible grace, that maybe I need to serve in a, in a new way, that maybe I need to be about this, that maybe I need to post something on Facebook right now about the peace that I found from you and the peace that I know everybody is looking for in this world. God, I thank you for your incredible word, and I pray for your transformation this morning. In Jesus' name we pray.